Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Kevin Snow. Now, I can't remember if I met you through our friend, Donnie Bovine, or if I met you through Laura. Like, we, we've been in the same space, but I don't remember really where we made the connections. But I'm going to let you introduce yourself, because I'm looking at your profile. You do a bunch of different stuff. I know you're part of the Badass Summit and a bunch of things. But for people that don't know you and what you do, you're a podcast, you do a bunch of stuff. Give us a little bit of your background and who you help. Sure. So I own a company called Time on Target. We do sales and marketing automation. We work uh, really closely with a lot of tech companies that are trying to figure out how to scale their sales program. And, and then we also help a lot of solo entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants that are just trying to figure out how to be entrepreneurs and how to be business people. And, and we help them with their sales process and how to integrate technology, all that fun sales stuff like CRMs and email and, you know, Calendly and all that stuff into a process that actually allows them to go out, go out and sell more. Uh, and I speak, I do podcasts, uh, I do networking. So, but yeah, my, my main focus is working with businesses to help them be able to grow and scale faster and not make a lot of the same mistakes that I made when I was getting started as a business owner. No, I love that. And I think a lot of times, especially when you're first starting out, you're trying to figure out what is it that you need to do? Where do you start at? How do you connect with the right people and all that? So let's start there. You weren't born an entrepreneur, I'm assuming. Did you ever have a J-O-B or did you just like right out of school get into like doing your own thing? How did that work? No, I totally did the job thing. I got out of school. I'm actually supposed to be like a high school egg teacher and wrestling coach. Uh, and instead, I got into uh, technology sales right out of college. I, I got two job offers. One was a teaching uh, job back in 1996. I was going to pay me like $19,000 a year. Uh, and the other one was a hybrid sales position where I was it was hybrid hunter farmer position. Uh, and they were going to pay me $39,000 a year base mm -hmm. plus commission. And I'm like, I got a car payment. I got to do school loans. So yep. no, I, I totally jumped into the, uh, the, the sales world and started working for a long distance, uh, fortune 500 data, uh, landline company, uh, selling and supporting existing accounts and, and helping them grow and do all that kind of stuff. So no, I did that. I sold Nextel when they launched, I totally helped them launch the Minnesota market. Uh, and then I had a bunch of jobs. I didn't actually probably start really. I, well, I know I didn't start time on target until like 2010. Mm -hmm. Uh, but before that I was kind of an entrepreneur, um, I was an independent contractor for a couple companies, but it wasn't really my gig. So I'd say probably 2010 was when I became, you know, definitely an entrepreneur where I had my own business and I was trying to grow my thing. Yeah. Well, and I like that, though, because a lot of times you had to kind of go through the process. And I call sales entrepreneur light. Like I'm in a hybrid role right now. I have a sales coaching that I do, but I work for a Fortune 500 company right now doing sales as one and do the podcast. And I think sometimes doing sales to begin with helps because you have to kill to eat. You have to kind of get that first step. So when you're helping people figure out how to become entrepreneurs, because you mentioned that earlier, and say, say I came to you and said, hey, Kevin, I have a fuzzy idea, a dream. Help me become an entrepreneur. What would you suggest? Well, it's, you know, when someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm starting a company and I, I need to figure stuff out. And I'm like, awesome, sweet. Uh, 
my first set of advice for them is to drop all the stuff that you think you need to be doing for your business and go find someone to give you money for your idea. You know, because I know when I started time on target and especially when I came back from my deployment in 2012 and I, I did the pivot with how we were doing business, I spent a ton of time on, Ooh, I need to do a website. I need to do sales collateral. And I'm doing all these things that sounded like I was a business owner, yep. but weren't actually generating revenue. And they, they made me feel really good. And I got to say, yeah, I built all this stuff and made me sound good when I was talking to people, but it wasn't actually generating revenue. And two, it wasn't actually uh, proving, uh, you know, creating proof of concept. So mm -hmm. when someone tells me that they've started a business and they're like, Ooh, what's my next thing? What I need to go do. My number one thing is always, you need to go sell something. Yep. You need to skip the website, skip, you know, marketing stuff, you know, automations, all those things. Go find someone who says, Oh my God, that's exactly what we need. How much is it? And then do that again. Cause that is going to do a couple things for you. One, it's going to generate revenue. So you can actually keep your doors open and you can pay yourself and you can, you know, put food on the table. But two, it also allows you to fix your messaging mm -hmm. and it allows you to figure out, it's like, oh, when I say this thing, people understand and then they give me money. I need yep. to say that more often. And it's like, oh, when I say this thing, they look at me silly. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to say that again anymore. You know, but that's what happens when you go out and have sales conversations. But a lot of times we get stuck doing all the other stuff that mm -hmm. sounds like it's, oh, this is what a business owner should do. We need to do a website. We need to do this. We need to do that. And it's not really what we need to be doing at that point of being a business owner. Yeah. No. And I, I like that again, because again, I think too many times people like the idea of it and you're doing busy work, but if you don't generate revenue, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. Um, yep. So when would you start bringing that in? Is there a certain level to like, maybe they got two to three clients, five to six clients. What's the next steps once they prove in proof of concept and have the revenue coming in? Well, it, 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 that's, you know, the next step depends really on your industry. Cause if you send, sell a, you know, if you're selling a $50 membership program, you need more than two or three yeah. clients for it to be viable, you know, but if for, you know, for me, when I was doing consulting, I, my fees were $2,500 a month to start. So if I got two of those, I was comfortable and I could pay my, my mortgage and my car and, you know, I could eat food and mm -hmm. not just ramen. And then I could start doing all the other stuff. So you need to understand as a entrepreneur, it's like, all right, so what are my expenditures? What am I spending money on? And what, what is the minimum nut that I have to hit to be able to, you know, you know, not stress out my spouse or significant other, you know, make sure the kids have clothes and shoes and all that type of stuff. And then once you hit that point, then you're like, then you can start looking at it and saying, all right, I got this. Now, how do I scale? Mm -hmm. What do I need to have in place for processes and tools and uh, support mechanisms that allow me to go from $5,000 a month to $20,000 a month? You know, and that's the next step. That might be a website. That might be we need a way to do uh, social media ads. You know, we need to do automation so that I can spend more time in front of clients, less time doing follow-up stuff. But that's really the next step. Once you hit that minimum number, it's like, all right, so this product actually is what people like and they're going to spend money on it. How do I sell How do I sell it more? Now you're looking at all those support tools that allow you to be in front of clients more or automate some of the process so it's not taking, excuse me, so it's not taking up your time. 
Yeah, no, and that makes sense too. I think a lot of times people, like we mentioned before, will try to run after something or they get really excited. So when should they, and I know this is going to be based on cost and value, what they need, but when should they go all in? Because I there's two camps. There's the Watleys of the world that say, build it while you have a job. And then there's the burn the boats of the world that say, if you don't bet on yourself, you never bet on yourself. You know, there's that balance. When do you, when would you say, hey, let's make the move or where do you fall in that? So- Obviously, if you've replaced, if you've generated enough revenue where you're able to pay you what you're currently making, you need to, you just need to make the switch. Yep. But I have nothing against, and I have a lot of respect for people who are like, yeah, I'm just going all in. This is what I need to do. I need to get out of this toxic work environment that I absolutely hate. And I need to go do the thing. And I need mm-hmm. to jump and go do it. And for a lot of people, that is the best decision. And and I love seeing it when people do that. It's like, yeah, I needed to do this and I'm all in because I know I need to I need to sell so much so that I can support my family and I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a big motivator for people. You know, I'm a single guy. I don't have that motivator in my life. So I have to find other reasons to get motivated to go out and sell a bunch of stuff. Uh, but for someone with a family, you know, hey, I'm going to do this. Let's go. Uh, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure your wife or your spouse or your husband, uh, significant other, they're they're in it with you. Mm-hmm. They need to be behind you 100%. And they need to be supporting you coming, you know, doing that and having them then nag you on a regular basis. Like, well, did you sell anything today? You know, I got to buy shoes for the kids. That makes that adds on a whole level of stress. Mm-hmm. That makes it really hard for you to go out and sell. Uh, in an authentic way, you're going to start ha- getting what we call commission breath. Yeah. And you're going to start sounding desperate because you need to get that sale so that you can make a payment on something. Uh, and and then, then it becomes really hard. So if you're going to just jump, you need to have the spouse saying, yes, we are going to do this. I know you can do this. I'm going to support it. I have my job. We're good. Go do what you need to do so that you're happy and that we can have a badass family. If you don't have that, then you need to build them in tandem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I always hate it when people ask me questions like, well, it depends. <laughs> but, you know, every situation is a little bit different. Yep. And you got to take all these variables into account. I just can't come on here and say, yes, Joe, you need to quit your job and go do this thing full time, you know, because that might not be what's best for you and your family. Yeah. And I, I like that you have that answer because I don't think I think it's not a one size fits all. I think a lot of times people will hear one person say they have to do it that way or they're one funnel yeah. way or that. But in reality, you're building a life you love. You're building something that you want to wake up to and do each and every day. So whatever works for you works well there. How did you level up in how do you help people level up in sales? Because I know you do sales coaching as well. And so like that, how do you help them? Like, because a lot of times I run into people that I have an entrepreneur idea, but they really maybe have not either gotten into sales or they don't know how to sell. How do you help them level up? So the key thing to remember, if you're trying to get into your entrepreneurial world and you're having to go sell, we when we I hear this from people all the time that are like, all right, I you know, I just need to hire salespeople. I'm like, you can't sell your product yourself. You know, how are you going to support salespeople who are having questions about how to sell your product if you can't do it? So you have to go out, you know, you have to be willing to go out and get your teeth kicked in. You know, that's what sales is. Uh, And I think that's one of the things that people gets people really scared about doing the sales thing is that they they know they're going to get told no a lot. And that's hard for people. 
but you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to be able to do that. So what we're, you know, when I work with companies and uh, people, a lot of it is just helping them understand that sales is just a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a conversation that has a, uh, a specific outcome. You know, when think about when you talk and here's kind of what I mean by that. Think about when you talk to any of your friends or your wife or anyone in your world at the end of that conversation, there's always a next step that's established. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's always, you know, if you're talking to your wife, all right, cool. Yep. I'll pick up the kids after school and then I will see you at the restaurant at five. You know, when you talk to your best friends, like, yeah, cool. Totally. I'll, I'll check on those tickets and then uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow. You always establish those next steps. Yep. So sales is the exact same thing. It's a conversation with an outcome. Like, hey, at the end of the sales call, it's like, hey, awesome. This is a really cool meeting. I'm going to send you over this and you're going to do this thing for me. Well, you're a salesperson, you know, and and that's (laughs) It's true. It's true. Literally what it is. Um, And and the key is that, you know, for me as an introvert, the key for me was realizing that I didn't have to do all the really horrible closing techniques Mm -hmm. that they teach, that I could have a real conversation and if, as long as I'm adding real value into that conversation, into my prospect's world, they're, they're going to want more. And they were going to keep that conversation going so that I could then eventually close them for whatever the prog- project was that I'm selling. And, and that was huge for me because that got rid of all the, you know, all that ick feeling mm-hmm. that I had doing the sales thing. And that's what I tell everyone now when I work with them. You know, we look at a couple things, what their process looks like and how they're handling the the, the actual the sales engagement. But then we also look at all the other stuff that they're doing and, and figure out, all right, so what things can we get rid of and automate? You know, what can we automate so we free up time so you're not doing a ton of little busy work and you can actually be having more conversations or you can be doing the the CEO stuff that's actually helping you scale your business. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's key. And I think a lot of people I run into the same thing. They get nervous or they don't know what to say, or they have that feeling about sales being bad. But you you laid it out perfect. Relationships and sales, having the next step, just having the conversation. And like when I'm talking to people and selling them, it doesn't ever feel anymore like I'm trying to do the quick flows or if you buy today yep. or do that because I'm just a business owner helping another person. If it works, great. If not, cool, I'll refer you. So no, I like that a lot. Yeah, and and that's really key for me when I'm doing a, a sales meeting now with someone that is a prospect. You know, I go in and my role in that meeting is to pour into them. You know, I'm going to ask them a ton of questions about how they're doing things now, and I'm going to start giving them all kinds of cool ideas. You know, I don't hold back. I don't. I give away the secret sauce. Yep. You know, and I'll go through. It's like, hey, well, you know, what if you did this? Have you tried this thing? And, you know, you could really do this and then allow you to do these types of things. And I'll give them processes and I'll give them a kind of real rough layouts for automations. Like, all right, so if you do this and you can do this type of thing and and walk them through how the funnel would work. And I don't like the term funnel, but Mm -hmm. everyone understands what it is. Uh, And so when we get to the party of the meeting where I would normally ask them, hey, so, you know, when do you should we talk about money now? They've. If I've done my job right, they've already come and said, this is amazing. How how do I work with you? How do I get you to actually build yep. this stuff for me? Because I don't want to build this. How do I get you to do it? And it's like, well, cool. Is it all right if we transition the conversation now, talk money and, and business? Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Perfect. Now I get to have the sales conversation. They gave me 
permission to talk money. And now I could say, all right, so here's how, here's how I think it would work best for you. There's no, normally two ways I work with companies, A and B. I think B would be really best for you because we can do it this way uh, and you'll get these results. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, all right, cool. How do we start? Yeah. But you took the ickiness out. You made it problem solving, helping a solution about them. And that's how you win. And I think if business owners and entrepreneurs can understand that, then they can win because now they don't have, like you said, the sales press or the ickiness or any of that type of thing. Yep. And that was key for me. And I learned that when I was selling at Nextel, I was selling cell phones to businesses. Mm-hmm. And that was just at the point that it was really starting to get commoditized. And the, you know, all the sales, all the business reps out there from Nextel and from the other carriers were all leading with the, hey, I can save you $10 a month on yep. per phone. And that was their, you know, and the, the, the market was just getting beat up with that. Everyone mm-hmm. was trying just selling on price. And I figured out that I could actually impact how their business ran because of a couple key, really cool features that Nextel had. It wasn't even the walkie talkie thing. It was the, how their data worked. And the fact that they had data apps where you could actually dispatch based on GPS location. This was back before there was an app store where you could get all this really yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. But I was able to go into, you know, uh, construction companies and service companies, you know, HVAC companies that say, hey, what if your crews could actually run one more job a day? You know, what if you could decrease your your gas and your mileage by 10 percent? What would what impact would that have on your business? Oh, my God, that'd be huge. And then I'd show them how. And they'd be like, this is freaking amazing. You're actually, my cell phones are actually going to make me money now. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that is the goal. We want to be a tool that actually helps you grow your business, not just saves you some expenses. Yeah. And that's how I sold stuff. And I went from, you know, most people are trying happy when they got a $50 a month bill. My clients were all paying 150 bucks per phone a month. Mm-hmm. And they were fine because I was making them 10, 15, 20 or more thousand dollars off of it. Yeah. So- well, you brought the value. So what you did instead of just dropping your pants, like we say in the industry, is that yeah. you built value and gave them an understanding of how this would help them. And yeah, I'd pay 150 bucks to make 15,000 any day. That's great. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was. it's funny because we do demos with them. We'd give them a couple of the phones set up with the the uh, software and the GPS tracking and all that stuff. And then we'd come back and it's like, all right, so let's pull up and you can see all the stuff. And we actually were going through one with a construction company and he pulled up his phone, the the account, and we looked at him. It's like, all right, so this one looks like it's at Mystic Lake Casino. And he's like, we don't have any jobs at Mystic Lake Casino. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to call him up. So he literally called him up while I was sitting in there. I was like, hey, Bob, where are you at? And and Bob's like, oh, I'm just at this job place down here. And then I'm going to be running over to the, to the next job here in about 20 minutes. It's like, oh. Really? Hey, why, why don't you just come back into the shop? I, there's something I need to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. He literally lied. It's like, we're looking right where the phone is at. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you had a GPS tracking system on you and we told you what it was doing and you still went and did this. Yeah. You know, it, it was <laughs> not the smartest person in the, in the world, yeah. but you know, but that was the value that we were able to show. It's like, hey, you can actually get more pro- more productivity out of your guys. You're going to be paying them to actually do things that generate revenue for your business, as opposed to just, you know, hoping that they're doing the right thing. You can actually, you know, make sure that they are. 
Yeah. Well, and I love that. So if you're listening, rewind this spot because he gave you a key of how to actually make sales without having to just sell on price, which a lot of people do. So I think that's awesome. We're definitely not done, but I always put it in the middle. That way people can find you easier. Where can people find you at or to like if they want to work with you or do stuff with you? The easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. You know, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you heard me on the show with Joe. Uh, and I'd love to just set up a time and we can just chat. You know, I do virtual coffees all throughout the week with people that I've met through different different environments. And, and a lot of times it's literally just us learning about each other's business. And I always try and give a ton of value. But it, it's fun just to have these meetings and know what's going on and who's doing what. And normally, if I can't help them, I know someone who can. Or I know people that I can introduce them to because they need those people's services as well. Yeah, no, and I love that. And that actually segues into another thing I was thinking about, which is networking and how yep. to network effectively. Because I know we have a mutual friend with Donnie and other people. And like, how did you develop your networking skills? Were you just born that way or how did you oh, get God. that process? No, I'm an introvert. I was not born this way. Um, so, but I had to learn. And, you know, again, it's kind of, it was like sales. You kind of had to get your your teeth bashed in, and I had to figure out that you know networking isn't me going up and trying to find a prospect. Right. That's initially what I thought networking was. So you know, in my early days of sales, whenever I go to a networking event, I totally thought I was there to find prospects. And you know, the the biggest pile of cards you could get was the winner. So I was doing it all wrong, uh, and then. So it took me time to figure out how I actually network. And it was, you know, talking to people and, you know, learning from people who are further ahead in their business than I was, that's really helped me figure that out and get to the point where I am now, where I understand that, you know, my job when I network is to open doors. Mm -hmm. And that's how I build value as a networker is the, being the person that when I meet with someone, I'm able to say, all right, I got three people you need to talk to. Not sure what's going to come of it, but I think you guys will have a really badass conversation. You'll be able to do some collaboration, actually open some doors for each other. And I get people into the right conversations. Uh, and I do that over and over and over. And, you know, I I kind of attack my networking meetings like I do a sales call as well, because uh, I want to pour into them and I want to mm -hmm. get as much into them and help them and make them leave the meetings like, oh, my God, that was amazing. And at the end of the meetings, like, we we didn't even get to talk about you. Well, we actually did. You just didn't realize it because I was doing a ton of stuff to help you. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how I want them to leave the meetings. Like, wow, this is awesome. This is the best 40 minutes I spent with someone uh, for a networking call. Is this how it's supposed to be? I'm like, yeah, this is totally how it works. Uh, and then let me introduce you to these people who will do it exactly the same way. And you'll get a ton of value out of as well. And, and that's what networking is. It's not about getting sales. You know, it's not about getting referrals. It's about opening doors so you have the right conversations with the right people. Yeah, no, and I love that. And what I keep hearing you say through this whole conversation, which I love is give first. I keep giving them something so that I bring value to their conversation. I'm not pitching them. I'm saying, hey, Kevin, can I help you out? Hey, what is yeah. it that I can do? Hey, I got someone I can connect you with. And from my experience in the two years I've been doing podcasting and all, networking and doing just that has gotten me into doors with people that would blow my mind. Like that has blown my mind. And I'm sure it's the same with you, but it also gives you the ability to have someone mention your name, even when you're not there because you did them a solid first. So I think that that's key. That's huge. 
Yeah, the you know, there's an organization out there that has a uh, a motto that I absolutely hate. Uh, and it's the the motto is "Givers Gain," and I, I really don't like it because it implies that you're giving to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you network and you give because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. No, you, you know, if you and I, Joe, have a networking meeting and, you know, I want to help you because, you know, that's what people do. I'm not helping you because I expect you, you know, I'm not going to come to you two weeks later. It's like, hey, remember those introductions I made? You know, you haven't given me any yet. What the F? You know, that's yeah, not, yeah. that's not how networking is supposed to work. I'm making introductions because it's the right thing to do. And I'm helping two people get into a conversation that could help potentially help them you know, scale their business. And that's, you know, that's the cool thing about networking is that you can have that impact on someone's life. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is normally the person that you're networking is, is not the one that you sell or have that connection, but it opens up the door for you. So yeah, I I agree with you. I don't ever go into a networking group or a meeting and I do virtual coffees too. And I just see if I can help them. That's it. No intention of, I have to get something from it. And, but then it just opens up. God, the universe, that whole thing opens up because you're doing, like you said, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, and you can tell when someone comes in thinking that this is your traditional sales call and you're not able to have that really cool networking conversation. Uh, and, you know, and it's just, you know, it, it, the, it's like the time just drags on. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I am so wasting a half hour that I could have been doing something beneficial right mm-hmm. now. And now you're trying to figure out, all right, so how do I get out of the call? Yeah. Because, you know, they're not interested in actually building a relationship. They're interested in getting access to the people I know so they can pitch them or mm-hmm. they're trying to pitch me. Yeah. Well, you know what I've learned to do now? And it's probably just because I'm a little bit older and I just, I don't care. If I feel like someone's pitching me, I'll call them on it. Yep. Not, not in a mean way, but like, Dude, are you just trying to sell me something? Because that's the case. That's not what I thought this was about. I'm not really, that's not what I was wanting to do. If that's the case, cool. We can be done here because I'm not interested. Like, I have no problem doing that. But I'm also the guy that will talk to people and give away so much information, like you said, that because I want to see people succeed and be helped. That's like this podcast. This is a give every week that we try to do because I want people to take their family to Disney, their wife to Hawaii, what they want to do. So no, I, 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 I connect well with you on that. I have to ask you because I keep staring at I'm a big Star Wars fan. I see the lightsaber. I see the ship. Are you like, is that like your your guilty pleasure there? Is it a Star Wars thing or? Yeah, I am. Uh, if people ask me, are you Star Wars or Star Trek? I am definitely Star Wars. Um, so I saw the original movie uh, when I was like five. So yeah, I and I I was you know, in love with it immediately. So very much a Star Wars person. Yeah, I, I couldn't help it. I'm there because like I was born in 77. So I was born the year the first one came out. So just a few years younger than you on it. But yeah, no, I I, I love that stuff. Um, So we talked about networking. We talked about sales. We talked about entrepreneurship a little bit. Do you follow like a daily routine with what you do? Are you very systematic in it? Or are you more like Hermosi where you fly by the seat of your pants? I guess he doesn't really fly by the seat of his pants, but he doesn't have like a set structure throughout the day. How do you operate? I try to be structured with my day because there are certain things because I don't like the prospecting, the reach outs and all that stuff. And I don't like doing that. And if I don't have it on, uh, same with social media, if I don't have it on my calendar, uh, it won't be done. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to have some structure into my world if I'm going to do all that stuff. And and I found that LinkedIn reach outs are actually one of the best ways to do reach outs uh, right now. So I'm trying to do those and, and I only do like 20 a day, but I'm trying to get them done on a daily basis. Uh, so I got to have that morning structure. You know, I get up, I'll have my coffee, uh, check maybe a couple emails, but then, you know, I have an hour uh, that is uh, designed for me just to do my reach outs and to follow up on people who replied to those reach outs. Uh, and then I have an hour that's just social media time for me to hit the groups uh, and make some posts and and c- interact with people uh, and get that piece done. And then I can close Facebook for the day uh, and just then come back later and do any, you know, replies or comments on people's posts and stuff. But yeah, I, I have to have that process. No, Otherwise, I like it. Yeah, I was going to say I like it because you have you just pretty much laid out your follow up system, which a yeah. lot of times people don't have. They have one conversation that they don't follow up with it. So that talk to me a little bit about how you do that effectively without still coming across as salesy. Like you had the initial conversation. I know you set next steps, which is great. But do you just follow up on that next step, or how how do you follow up effectively? Uh, so I hate follow ups. Uh, especially uh, like the the salesy follow-ups. It's like, oh, so, you know, have you had a chance to look at this thing yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. And I set it up with my my clients when we're in it, when I know it's going to be a sales conversation uh, that, you know, I don't do follow-ups. You know, if this isn't a good fit right now, that's cool. Uh, but I want you to be, you know, feel like you can actually tell me that uh, and not just, you know, dr- don't lead me on. Don't yeah. say, hey, call me back in a week. If someone says, hey, can you call me back? I'm like, okay, all right, let's do this. Let's consider it a no. If in a week or two or three weeks or a month, you decide that, hey, you're ready to make the decision and do this, you can totally reach out. But I'm I'm not going to follow up with you in a week just to have you do that. You know, Dance, well, yeah. call me back next week again. And, and they're like, oh, well, no, I'm not actually trying to do that. Here's what I need to do. And I'm like, all right, cool. Then you follow up with me. You reach out to me on Monday and let me know mm-hmm. uh, because I won't do it. And, and and the reason I won't do it is because I learned, I used to do it all the time. And uh, one of the things that when I started doing consulting and going and working with other sales teams, that I noticed was that everyone's pipeline sucks because they will keep at least a third of their pipeline is stuff that's never actually going to close, but they keep saying, Oh, call me back in a month. So they leave it on. So it makes their pipeline look freaking amazing, but it's not accurate. Mm -hmm. And then we go through and clean it up and they're like, Oh, I don't know. Instead of a million dollars in potential revenue, you're done. You only have $250,000. Yep. Like crap. And by not doing that, you it forces you to maintain the the reach outs and the prospecting so that you have the new stuff coming in all the time. So that when you meet with people and they say no and they come off of your pipeline, you have stuff replacing it already. Mm-hmm. What well, you said something there that just clicked in my head, and I've done sales for a long time, but I like this. You did a takeaway, not that you're trying to do a sales thing, but you literally did a takeaway. You're like. No, I'm not going to follow up with you. If you're interested, reach out to me. Now you put the emphasis on if this is something for them, you got to reach out to me. And then they're like, wait, 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 wait. No, I really do want to. Then you can say, okay, cool. We'll have an appointment. But it, it's a way to get them to say no or yes without having to say, is this a no or yes? So no, I like that a lot. Yep. That was 
that was very good because like I've been in sales 18 years and you were one of the first few people that I've actually seen <laughs> say that and do that effectively. Cause you know, everyone teaches, Oh, then you follow up here and you set the date and you set the like, so I thought that was really good, man. Well, and, and for me, I've figured out I can one call close email automation now pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And if someone is not able to make that decision right now, it's usually because there's something that I can't control or, you know, like I, well, I need to go talk to my partner. I'm like, all right. You know, and I'll usually know ahead of time that, you know, at the beginning of the meeting that they have a partner uh, that they have to talk to, but there's something that they have to do, you know, like for the one of the people that is going to be following up with me this week, he has investors and mm-hmm. he has to get approval before he does an expenditure like mine. I'm like, awesome. Go get approval and c- tell me yes or no. I'm not going to chase. Yeah. Because you are the one who has to go get approval. And either way it works out, you need to tell me what the answer is. So, mm-hmm. hey there, Mr. Adult Business Owner. <laughs> You're, this is your responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do that with you know the, the virtual coffees as well. When we leave the meeting, it's like, oh, all right, so I'm going to reach out to these three people. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to these two for you and do the introductions. Like, awesome. I'll ask them, hey, so what happens if by Friday I haven't heard from you? Oh, then you need to definitely something really went wonky in my world. You need to reach out because I probably forgot and you need to remind me. I'm like, perfect. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now there's, they've said, hey, here's how to follow up and here's why you need to follow up. But nope, they've taken the responsibility and it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. When it makes you more of a business owner now instead of a salesperson, because if they exactly. see it's a salesperson, they can push you off, rush out, he's going to bug me, whatever. But if you set those boundaries, I that's that's like epic. Again, I'm going to say it again. Rewind this part, people who are in sales, because I have a lot of people that are like with my company, first time salespeople trying to learn this aspect of it. And that's just another golden key right there for sure. Well, you said something that's really important too, that uh, you you, you uh, talked about how I set myself up as a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really key for entrepreneurs. They need to go in, no matter what size of company they're selling to, you need to, you need to understand that you are an owner. You are not a salesperson talking to a, a business owner. You are a owner talking to another owner, or you're a CEO talking to another CEO. Mm-hmm. And you you need to get the same respect from them that you're giving to them because of their position. Yeah. And you need to talk. And now that changes the, the dynamic of that conversation a ton. When you go in there acting like a CEO, mm-hmm. as opposed to acting like a, a, a salesperson who tends to say yes, because they want to get a sale. Yeah. Yeah. No, that has been a secret. And when I did oil and gas investments in any sales thing, I talked to them like I own the business. And it's it's key, like that's huge. Like you you can't get around it because if they look at you like a sales weasel, you lose. You just yep. do, hundred percent. So before I let you go, because I know we're coming up on that forty five minute mark, is there any words of wisdom, anything else that we've t- haven't like covered that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I, I think it's really important, and this is something that I had to learn too, and and I'm still working on and and making it work for me is whether you're a salesperson or you're the business owner, founder, CEO, you have to have, you have to be visible in the marketplace. You need to be active on social media. You need to be posting. You need to be building your audience and your following. Even if you're not the owner, if you're not the face of the company, you know, you're still, your your personal brand is really key. 
And you need to be building that and, and nurturing it on an ongoing basis, uh, no matter what you're doing. You know, even if you change companies, those followers are still going to be there and you need to be adding value to them so that they are continuing to follow you and you're building your brand. You know, that adds a ton of value to you if you decide that you want to change roles. You know, you mm-hmm. want to go from company X to company Y. Or you say, you know what, I'm done with being the salesperson thing. I'm going to go start my own thing. Well, now yep. you have an audience that's been following you and trusts you that you can now, you know, that's going to celebrate, hey, I'm doing my own thing. It's like, that's awesome. Cool. Tell us more. And they're going to want to hear. So that that personal brand is really, really important. And a lot of people who are in the sales role don't understand how, why they need one. They think they can just live off of the corporate brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's where people fail because really at the end of the day, if you're selling a corporate brand or a business or something, product A, product B are pretty similar. You're the secret sauce, how you show up, what you do with it, how you solve the problem. So no, I I love that a lot. Kevin, thank you again for being on the show. Appreciate you. And like you said, go out there, build your brand, be the person you're supposed to be, take the risk, calculate them. And until next time, be legendary and have an amazing day.